25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey, hey! What is up today, everybody? What's happening? I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast, friendly service, one-on-one, the way it ought to be. I accuse myself. Can one accuse one's self of something? I accused myself earlier in the week of killing the buzz. You know, you'd have these big finishes at the end of the gridiron before this show starts. And big finish, you know, and energy, pump up music, and in the, you know, the intro to this show, wham, here we go. And then I'd come in and we'd play a little Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood theme song because Roger is usually here producing the show, but he ain't here today. And sorry, Annabeth, I said ain't again on the radio. It's just for effect. I, I know the difference. Today we are leaving it up to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Leave it to Beaver. Starring Tony Dow as Wally, the older brother, and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. <laughs> In this case, though, it's Ben. Ben, you ever watched Leave It to Beaver? Uh, I've seen a little bit here and there in the reruns, of course. Of course, yeah, of course. I wasn't even alive when this show was, like, on the air. You know, that's a long time ago. I just sense that, you know, the real-life beaver, we're talking about you, versus the Hollywood beaver, Leave It to Beaver, like, there's no parallel, there's no nothing alike there. Y'all don't share anything. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. However, there was this um, next-door friend who was a real butt-kisser. <laughs> he's always... I mean, he's a teacher's pet. He's really a snake, but... Not a snake, but just kind of like mischievous, you know. But he really lay it on thick for the grown-ups and the parents. Well, And his name was Eddie Haskell. I think it was Eddie Haskell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think Chris Brooks is kind of an Eddie Haskell. Well, Matt Wyatt, it's interesting you say that because I I think Chris would say that he might say Matt Wyatt is our resident Eddie Haskell. <laughs> would he? The whole teacher's pet thing. Teacher's because pet, yeah. we Matt Wyatt is the like uh let's see, what was our most recent vacation day we had? Fourth of July. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, My brain July. thought forgot fourth of July. Uh-huh. Um you were the only one that did a live show, I believe. And you're just like, oh, oh, of course, Matt Wyatt. He wants to show off, be the teacher's pet. Only live show here. 
I just want to say for the record, Chris may be in his car listening and, and for everyone else, doing that show that particular week had nothing to do with getting the bosses to like it <laughs> because I don't really have a boss anymore. Okay, now I know I'm throwing my weight around a little bit there with that statement. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I did it for the team because, look, somebody's got to do a live radio show. And if Bo and Chris and Jake and Beaver and everybody are going to take off, somebody's got to stick around and do a show. That's all I'm saying. It was for the team. It wasn't for me. You know what? You're actually right on because <laughs> if you weren't here – Everyone would be listening to Stephen A. Smith right now, and nobody wants that. Trust nobody me. wants that. Trust us. That's exactly right. What everybody wants is my first guest, who is due up right about now. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting, Beaver, you were telling me that uh, there's two things I've observed here. You were telling me earlier that you got a computer in the studio that's rebooting and having to do updates. All of a sudden, my one of my computers here just began an update, all on its own. But... Thank goodness. I mean, we can still do the radio show. The other thing I'm noticing, if you're listening to this show, have you noticed that Beaver always calls me by my whole name? Matt Wyatt this and Matt Wyatt that. I can't... It's like Chris Brooks. It's like there's this hint of sarcasm in everything. Or like, I don't know, like satire and sarcasm in everything. And I think it's because Beaver told me that he thinks it's stupid if you name a show after yourself. And this is the Matt Wyatt show. And so I think because of that, he likes to almost like satirically call me Matt Wyatt all the time. In a text earlier today, Beaver texted me and said, Hey, Matt Wyatt, <laughs> just in case Roger didn't tell you, I'll be with you today on the show. He didn't say, hey, this is Beaver. He didn't say just, hey, I'm going to be doing the show with you today. Hey, Matt Wyatt. <laughs> I really think Beaver's tweaking me every time. He, you just notice in the conversation today, he's saying, Matt Wyatt. Oh, that's just an observation. All right, look, welcome to the show, the Farm Bureau Studio, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. I'm opening my thermos. There's plenty of coffee in the thermos today. I actually was out of the studio, and so I didn't get to drink a whole lot of coffee. I'm going to do it right now. My coffee that I drink every day, I grind them, the beans that is, press them, and drink coffee from High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany every day. That's what we've got. And right now, I have uh, an announcement to make. There is news. There is actually breaking news in the state of Mississippi. We're going to cover that today regarding the Mississippi High School Activities Association and one of their sports and how the championships are going to be structured going forward and all that. But that's not even the, the biggest breaking news that we have. I think the biggest news we have today is the fact that on this day, July the 25th, 1980, the movie Caddyshack... Hit the, hit, hit the cinema. It hit the, the movie theaters. Was released to the public on this day 39 years ago. Caddyshack, July 25th, 1980. You hear the gopher? 
And my first guest joining us now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, my first guest himself, he plays golf with orange golf balls. He once bought a hat that came with a complimentary bowl of soup. He even has a friend named Wang who takes pictures of parking lots. This guest is the type of guy who has a certain, shall we say, zest for living. And he's the biggest Caddyshack fan I know. Former Mississippi State quarterback, head football coach St. Joe, the one, the only, John Bond. John Bond, how's that for an intro? Oh, man. I, didn't, I, I was about to have to leave and get my lunch. <laughs> I'm sorry for making you wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, I was listening. You were talking about uh, leaving the beaver. And uh, Beave, I think he was a lot like beaver because he would have had an alligator in his tub and not told his mom and daddy. <laughs> he might have pulled that off. Yeah, he might have, or, and I think when you think of Brooks, you're thinking a lumpy. Mm-hmm. Brooks is definitely lumpy, isn't he? No doubt about it. <laughs> That's right. And and Brooks uh, is, you know, like lumpy. I think in real life, the kid who played lumpy went on to have more acting gigs post Leave It to Beaver than any of the rest of them. Yeah, uh, he did. And and, he did. and that'll be Chris, right? That'll be Chris. That'll be all of us will be. It would be. Forgotten and like Chris is going to pop up and be a big star on Sports Center someday or something. You know that that's yep, him. That'd be him. <laughs> and and that would be him. and he won't even care. He'll be like, ah, I can't do Sports Center today, no. guys. I got to go coach a little league baseball game. You know. <laughs> that's right. He's got to get the uh, power rating for the uh, little league. <laughs> <laughs> Analytics for the twelve-year-olds. <laughs> That's great. John, He's sixty-eight mile an hour and up there. <laughs> That's it. He's sitting behind over here at the, uh, you know, the little league field where we got a center field fence at about two hundred feet. And he's sitting behind home plate with a with a radar gun. That's Chris Brooks in fifteen years. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but he's a smart one, right? Because he 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 knows all the travel league parents have money. Right, so he's the smart one. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, I want to. So, thirty-nine yeah. years ago, John, thirty-nine years ago, they put out Caddyshack. Yeah, I so have you just, and you also, you also keep really emphasizing that thirty-nine years ago. 39 <laughs> well, you know, if I'm not accurate, what am I? Is what I say, John. If I'm not, so, here's the deal. Well, if you're you listening, John Bond, uh, on your radio, John. Was is a former Mississippi State quarterback. I am too. He and I only have two things in common. Okay, one we played quarterback <laughs> at Mississippi State. Two, we are currently alive. And other than that, <laughs> yeah. And John, I just want to. I wanted to set the record straight, and I want to ask you. When and how? When and how did you become a big fan of the movie Caddyshack that came out 39 years ago today? Well, <laughs> well, I say you know I actually saw it. I was only two, but I saw it uh, when I was two years old in, in the uh, the famous State Theater in Starkville. It was my uh, freshman year of college. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, I'm playing ball up in Canada, and they are you know when you stay out in the middle of nowhere. 
Saskatchewan has no, you know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's all out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And uh, so I I bought this condo, and I was waiting on them to put the uh, satellite dish in and and all this kind of stuff, so I had to wait and wait and wait. Well, I go buy a store, you know, and they had the old VHS, and I I said, Caddyshack. Oh, man, hello, Caddyshack. So I rented (laughs) it, and I watched it. And I watched it, and about a month later, I started getting letters. And then about two months after that, I started getting phone calls. And by the end of the season, I had seen it, I guarantee you, 300 times. I watched it just laugh every time. And by the by the end of the season, the poor lady at the video place said, if you'll just bring it back, we won't charge you anything. <laughs> I, I outlasted them, man. I outlasted them. You kept it so long that all of a sudden you yeah. had the leverage. That's amazing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so on my way out of town, I dropped it off. Yeah. Um, I just got a tweet uh, from Robbie Falk uh, from 24-7 Sports. I just got a tweet from him that says, I feel like John Bond could have been in Caddyshack. <laughs> um, and I can't, he- I can't help but think about, you know, maybe you as a caddy and this particular line uh, out on the golf course when Rodney Dangerfield had the smart mouth caddy. No, actually, I'm a rich millionaire. Oh. You see, my doctor told oh, yeah. me to get out and carry golf bags a couple of times a week. Uh, you're a funny kid, you know. Yeah, what time you do back in Boys Town? <laughs> do back in Boys Town, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a, it's great. Know. You know, um, oh, it's fantastic. Okay, just, it's hard to believe. You know that ninety percent of those lines were just kind of they just made them up on the spot. Made them up. It's, it's it's incredible. And Bill Murray was that. So I jump ship in Hong Kong deal and goes on and on and on. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's it really unbelievable. is. You know, there's no way you could write half of it. You know, it would have to no. be. It, frankly, you know, yeah. let's just be realistic. Again, if we're not accurate, we're nothing. It it would you would only way you would get some of that is people smoking dope and then getting on set. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you get it. Right. That's it. That's it. The, the old cannonball. Cannonball coming. <laughs> cannonball coming. That's right. Uh, Egyptian. It's a cross between what Egyptian sensimia and Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's right. Why is sensimia? <laughs> the great thing about this stuff is you play 36 holes on it in a day, and in the afternoon you get stoned to the bejesus. <laughs> <laughs> you, want some? you want some? I got bags of it around here. I got bags of it. got bags of it. You know, and you had all these characters in the movie too, John, and like, so the Dangerfield character, character, the Judge Smales, yeah. um, obviously Carl, yeah. Carl Spackler, you had Ty played by yeah. uh, Chevy Chase. If you, here's a really tough question for you. If you had to go back and the rest of your life could only watch scenes with one character in them. Oh, man. Which one would you choose? Golly. That would be tough. I mean, the obvious choice would be, you know, Bill Murray, I think. Yeah. Because he, he, <laughs> well, he had the pitchfork to that kid's neck, and he was actually poking. You can see the kid's skin, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and the kid starts kind of grinning and laughing. He couldn't keep serious. <laughs> I mean, that, but man, the one-liners with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those yeah. were just incredible, you know. Hey, I, I, how would you like to make $14 the hard way? <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> and, you know, and there, it's just stuff that, 
you know, Dangerfield walks in and they're dancing on the dance floor. He says, oh, it's your wife. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. She must have, she must have been something else before electricity. That's right. <laughs> hey, Judge, give somebody else a chance. <laughs> it's great stuff. And, you know, the rivalry between him and, he and Judge Smales, I think one of my favorites is when, uh, you know, he – We've all been there where something external gets you a little amped up and messes you up on a golf course. So we can kind of associate yeah. with being over a tee shot, like Judge Smells is about to hit yeah. a tee shot, and out of nowhere, Dangerfield says, "A hundred bucks, you slice it into the woods." <laughs> and of course, you know the response: um, gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Hell, you get on me. <laughs> so he immediately hits it into the woods. <laughs> you knew it was coming. So it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and the, dan- the dance party in the fairway. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is just, it's fantastic. It really is. One of these days, John, we got to get you. Um, one of these days, we got to get you in the studio, and you know, and and we'll quote it. We'll quote the movie for a solid hour. We need to. There's no doubt. And I'm, you know, I'm out here at uh, Live Oaks, sitting there staring at a golf course. I'm at Live Oaks, man, and fixing to play in this wild turkey deal. And uh, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there will be on every team. Some team will quote. Caddyshack today. Oh yeah. At least oh yeah. I guarantee. I mean, there's. Will be all over. You you just touched on the fact that there is no debate. Like I think there are two things in life that are completely without debate. Like it, no one even attempts to argue it. Number one is that Jerry Rice was the greatest receiver of all time, and number two is that Caddyshack is the most quoted movie on the golf course every day of our lives. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. And it's always it's always uh, so much fun to watch. Well, I, just, I absolutely love it. I do, too. It's good to laugh about it with you. This It came out this day, July 25th. That's ni- great. 1980, yeah. So we're going to play some stuff throughout the show. And, John, I know you're headed out for, for a golf thing today. And so as I turn you loose, I would just like to leave you with these words. I christened thee... The flying wasp. <laughs> Baldwin, get your foot off the boat. <laughs> Spawning. Oh, Spawning. Oh, that's great. What, All right, a year 19, what a year 1980 was. Holy cow. Caddyshack <laughs> came out, and some kid from Georgia with long curly hair beat the bear. Who was that? That's it. Hail State. All right, John, have a good one, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, to, yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. <clears throat> oh, man. I tell you what. Every time I talk to John Bond, I do more laughing. <laughs> and I think it's because he he does more laughing than than anybody else. <laughs> Spalding, get your foot off the boat. <laughs> I christen thee the flying wasp. I want you to kill every golfer on the course. Check me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. Golfers! They're Greek, not golfers. They're little brown furry rodents. <laughs> we can do that. 
We don't even need a reason. Hey, uh, hey, Beaver. Hey, you Matt fin- Wyatt. <laughs> Dead gummit. Look, <clears throat> why do you call me by my whole name every time? You know, I, I, I heard you mention that as I was calling John. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Like I call. Okay, I call you, Matt Wyatt. Um, when I was talking to John a minute ago. We got to talking at the end, and I was like, all right, John Bond. I dropped a full name for him. Uh, when Chris is in there every day, as as he leaves, yeah. I, every day I say to him, all right, I'll see you tomorrow, Christopher. I uh, call him by his full first name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of people I just call by their last names. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know. Okay. I well, don't know what's going on in my brain. <laughs> okay, what all right. What is going on up here? Well, the point of this, though, is that you're telling me that there's not a – not there's not some – underlying reason that you do it it just happens is what you're no. saying yeah because yeah. i was thinking it was a little tweak at me because you said that the fact that my show is named the matt wyatt show is stupid and pretentious oh no no look and the other day it was brought up by the way chris tried to chris tried to tell the public that me calling you banana hands was something sinister <laughs> i had to nip that in the bud right now okay all right look i even if it is sinister, I just as long as it's entertaining, that's all I care about. It's not, Matt Wyatt. I'm, I'm Matt, see, you did it again. <laughs> you do it every time. <laughs> Wes, you're right on the uh, Twitter feed over here. Wes says, Judge Smales is the best comedy villain of all time. <laughs> He's pretty close. No doubt about it. He has a niece who has a zest for living. My niece is the kind of girl that has a certain zest for living. <laughs> Stick around. Just getting started in the Farm Bureau studio. Y'all enjoyed the fun conversation with John Bond to begin the show today. Thanks for your tweets on my Twitter feed and your texts and so forth. You want to be a big star like John Bond? You can be on the Divini Equipment phone. Divini phone. Call me on it. 995-1059. 1059. Here you go. There we go. Plenty of coffee from High Point Roasters in the thermos. Still got a ways to go. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee in the middle of the day. So what? Uh, I got a text over here from, well, it doesn't have a name. It just says, tell Mr. Dan. That would be Dan the Coffee Man that because of your advertising, I now have four bags of High Point Roasters coffee at my house. It is so good. It is. It's just better than what you're buying on the shelf in your local grocery store or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. And that's necessary at sometimes. This is this is the real deal stuff. Co- hey, Beaver, are you a big coffee drinker? No, I'm not. not but you know, now that you mention it, all I've ever had is the stuff you get on the grocery store shelves. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you, you can just definitely tell a difference. I mean, this is the kind of thing where... 
you know, he Dan is going himself to places all over the world and selecting and purchasing the product from where it's grown. They put it in these big, huge um, sacks, send it back to New Albany where they roast it right there, and he's got a knack for it. He knows kind of like according to taste how long you have to roast it. It's a really neat operation. Anyway, I highly recommend it. <clears throat> Very much so. I also uh, highly recommend you text the show. You, that's one way to be a part of it. The show, that is, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 601-885-3776. So uh, text the show or call. Love to hear from you on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., right here. They've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. On the text line, Three Hump Camel. He's on the all-name team. says, Eddie Haskell, one of the best sitcom characters ever. I mean, he really was great. Eddie Haskell in the original Leave it to Beaver. Then he says, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Great line from Caddyshack. This steak still has marks on it where the jockey was hitting it. <laughs> I mean, it's just one after the other. One liner after one liner after one liner in that movie. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got out of that. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. <laughs> it's fantastic. The whole thing is. Yeah, I can't park my car, get my bags, and put on some weight, will you? Hey, Wang, what's with the pictures? It's a parking lot. Come on, <laughs> He's taking pictures of a parking lot. <laughs> Uh, now, this is not true. We have some disinformation that it was sent in on the text line here. It says, Beaver is your boss, Matt. Well, let's put it this way. Boss is a, is a very direct word. He's, he is controlling things right now for sure. In other words, like, if Beaver didn't want anybody to hear me say anything, all he's got to do is press one button. Isn't that right, Beaver? That is correct. The disseminating of any opinions or information on this show is totally and completely dependent on Beaver. That's true. No question. What you is got Ch me thinking now. Got you thinking about it, right? Don't be getting ideas. Yeah, Chad texts the show. Not the one that was is is into it with Chris Brooks on the gridiron. This is a different Chad, I think. This is Chad, not your average Chad. How do you pronounce that last name? Do we say the last name on, on the air? Beaver, how do we do that? Yeah. This is Chad, not your average Chad, Nason. Nason. Interesting. I've never heard that name before. Yep, he brought up this one. Great line. Hey, orange balls. I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those naked lady tees and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst-looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> Man was wearing it right next to Caddyshack. 39 years ago. What is it about some movies that are able to just 
kind of transcend generation after generation after generation. This, yeah, I mean, you know, some movies are able to do that. And, I, and from the 80s, Caddyshack got it all started, 1980. But you also think about what? Top Gun? Top Gun was an 80s movie, wasn't it, Beaver? Yeah. 80, uh, 86, yeah. I want to say. That's what I was thinking, like 86, 87, somewhere around in there. About the same time that the Refrigerator Perry was a big deal for the Bears. 85 Bears and Super Bowl Shuffle with Walter Payton. It was really cool. You excited at all about the new Top Gun movie? Nope, I am not. I caught I caught flack for that last week too. I'm with you though. Wasn't. Stuff doesn't get me like that when it's a when it's a do over. Not a, well, and you know, a sequel or just the next thing, and we're twenty, thirty years later. It just doesn't grab me. I don't know. Maybe you're the same way. You know, part of me is there's some nostalgia in there too. In that, I like the original Top Gun. I don't want to like another Top Gun. Yeah. Is that kind of how you are? Yeah, that makes total <clears throat> sense. I, Yeah, the original, it has a place in your heart. And be damned if they're going <laughs> to try to remake that and replace something. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> you need to pull this line out on Chris at some point during the gridiron and see if he, when he says something funny, the whole... No, actually, I'm a rich millionaire. You see, my doctor told me to get out and carry golf bags a couple of times a week. Uh, you're a funny kid, you know. Yeah, what time you do back in boys' time? <laughs> what time are you do back? Caddyshack. Transcends the generations. Hey, let me give you all a heads up on a couple things. One, coming up in hour number two, we're going to have a first-time guest, and that is Chris Doring. You all remember Chris Doring? Big-time wide receiver on those Steve Spurrier teams at Florida in the mid-'90s, national title team, and played in the NFL, now is an analyst for the SEC Network, I guess the studio analyst and, and other stuff for ESPN, and got to meet and talk to Chris a little bit last week or whenever that was, two weeks ago, whatever it was, for SEC Media Days. And so he's going to be on today. I wanted to kind of kick it around with him here on the show, talk with Chris about the impact of transfer quarterbacks in the SEC this year, among other things. And so Chris is coming up. And also, Don Hinton, who is the executive director of the Mississippi High School Activities Association, is going to be on if everything goes according to plan. He's traveling. Um, I think he's headed for some meetings. But uh, regardless, he's supposed to be on, and we'll, we'll make that happen um, because there's big news. I don't know if you saw this. Um, the championships are for basketball are moving to college campuses. News coming out. Did I see that on Twitter? Somebody sent it to me. Yeah. Everybody's kind of reported on it. Now, I think it came out like late last night. I might have already been asleep. I don't know. But here it is. Ole Miss and State will host the Mississippi High School Activities Association Basketball Championships in 2020. That means this upcoming season. One of the news sources out there was able to confirm this with MHSAA Associate Director Ricky Neves. 
the SEC schedule, which will come out, is going to determine which school is going to host because the dates are already set for the high school basketball championships March 5th through the 7th. Now, we know that the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson has been hosting the state championships in basketball for a long time. Long time. How far does it go back? 30 years? Long time. They are still going to host the semifinal round at the Coliseum in Jackson the previous week, March 2nd through the 4th. That'll be the semis. But then the finals will go to either State or Ole Miss based on the schedule. You're going to have north half quarterfinals at Itawamba Community College and Mississippi Valley State. South half quarterfinals are going to go to the Coliseum on the Coast and Pearl River Community College. And each host site will have, what, three classes in each one, north and south. And then, of course, you know, the first couple of rounds of the playoffs in basketball, the teams host it. But this is a big change. It's been talked about for a while that it's a possibility. And now we see that it's um, and now we see that it's a much, you know, more than just a possibility. It is happening and not just in the future. It's happening now, this season. And all of those, I haven't been to all of those venues, but I can tell you like that. The Itawama Community College Basketball Arena, if you've not seen it, it is incredible. You won't, if you hadn't seen it, you wouldn't believe it when you walk in it. It's state-of-the-art. And so either the hump or the pavilion is going to host the championships right away. What do you think about that? We'll talk about that in hour number two as well. Something I saw on national sports television yesterday rang my bell. I'll tell you about it next here on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I got a little news for you here. That um, I think it is unconfirmed as of right now, what exactly this could mean for Nissan in Mississippi. But it is news nonetheless. Um, if there's exact details of this, of exactly the number of people who whom it could affect, whenever that comes down the pipe, I'll see if I can find it and let you know. But a uh, story coming out today, Nissan. Excuse me, trying to clear my throat here. Nissan is slashing 12,500 jobs. 9% of the global workforce. Reason they're doing it is to cut costs and achieve a turnaround. Their profits have been going down. Tumbling, this particular uh, article says. It's also cutting global production capacity by 10%. Um, They're going to reduce all the models in the lineup by 10% by the end of 2022. Their executive chief, Hiroto Saikawa, said in Tokyo today 
that most of the jobs cut will be auto plant workers. He did not give a regional breakdown. A company presentation said more than 6,400 jobs would be eliminated in eight unspecified locations by the end of this fiscal year. And then another 6,100 are going to happen over the next two years after that. In the U.S., in the southern U.S., you have an assembly plant in Smyrna, Tennessee, that has about 8,400 people there. And then you've got the one in Canton, right here in Mississippi, that employs about 6,400. And, you know, earlier this year, they already laid off some people at the Mississippi plant, like 400 contract workers. So, you know, it could mean potentially more jobs lost by Nissan here in the state of Mississippi. Not good news. But, again, we don't know how much or how little or when and that kind of thing because it is unspecified. Just the overall number was specified that they're going to total over the next three years are going to cut 9% of the global workforce. So you can feel pretty safe in saying it's going to affect somebody here locally. Yeah. Seems to me you're going to put that news out there. You ought to be ready to be specific about it. And the people that are losing their jobs, heck, man, I don't know. Let them know as soon as possible so they can figure something out. Instead of just throwing this out there and now it's published and now everybody working at every Nissan place got to sit there and wonder about it. It just seems like, to me, the way you ought to do it. Uh, one, uh, A couple of texts, and then moving on to what I was telling you about, something I saw in the national sports scene here. Hog Jowl texts the show, three facts of life. God is great. I love the Razorbacks. And Beaver is the hardest working producer on radio. And then we were talking about the um, championships for basketball moving away from the uh, the finals anyway, moving away from the Coliseum in Jackson, they're going to go to the college campuses, either State or Ole Miss. It's going to happen this year, first time it's ever been done. And Jr. says that playing them there in the Coliseum in Jackson goes all the way back to the 70s. And so we're talking about way back. So 40-plus years now, <clears throat> at least, since they've been playing those. So this is really new. And Don Hinton, who is the executive director of the Mississippi High School Activities Association, he's going to be on the show here later in hour number two. Now, um, there was a tweet that I saw that resonated with me. It had to do with this coach on Last Chance You on Netflix. Now, it's not... um, Coach Stevens at East Mississippi, that's all well documented. This is this guy who is the coach up there at Last Chance U, Independence Community College up in Kansas. I thought I read where this guy got in legal trouble for something. I mean, I don't know what it was, but I thought I read that he got in big legal trouble. Anyway, his name is Jason Brown. He was on some national sports show talking about whether or not he's going to tone it down. Apparently, you know, a lot like we saw with Stevens at East Mississippi and that, you know, a lot of berating, bad language, all that kind of stuff, the way they coach, yelling, screaming, it's just that kind of thing. And A.J. Brown, the former Ole Miss receiver, retweeted the interview there that he saw. There's a video with it and said, all coaches do the same thing. 
He was just filmed. He said non-athletes just wouldn't understand. And that's A.J. Brown, former Ole Miss receiver, tweeting that. To which Tony Dungy, Super Bowl champion coach, former NFL player, kind of quoted it and responded and said, I have to disagree. Tony Dungy said, I disagree. I played for two of the best coaches in history, Chuck Knoll and Bill Walsh. They didn't berate their players with profanity. They coached us. Demanding, yes. Correct you, yes. Degrading, never. Tom Landry and Joe Gibbs were the same way. And then he said, that's a lot of Super Bowl wins. I wonder what you think about that. You know, all of us who ever played any junior high, high school football, in the southeastern United States, where we all really care about it, or any college football for that matter, too, we've all had coaches who, you know, the coaching style was loud, uh, belligerent, degrading, and uh, profanity-filled, right? We've all had those. I think a lot of those guys, you know, coach that way because that's the way they were coached. It's the way they were coached. It's the way they've seen other coaches do it. They emulate that. And there's this belief that, frankly, especially in JUCO, there's this belief that as a JUCO coach, that's the way you got to be. And um, I just kind of always have disagreed with that. And I will tell you, there, you'll hear. Um, a lot of coaches, again, it is up to players to just kind of look through it. You're trying to look at the message of what the coach is trying to get across and not necessarily the the delivery. You have to do that. But I've just kind of always thought, like, as a coach, why would you put your players in a situation of having to sift through all that BS to get to your coaching, coaching message? Just give them the message. Um, yes. You know, we always accept the fact, just like A.J. Brown said, we just accept the fact that at every level we've ever played football, we've seen coaches who that's the way they do it. It's like they want to have energy, so the way they express that energy and intensity is by volume and by profanity. And... And like you say, when we've all come in contact with that, we don't necessarily hold it against a coach all the time because, again, we understand that's probably the way they learned it. It's the way they were coached. It just gets passed down and passed down. But I don't necessarily respect it in a coach, and I never have. And I would tell any coach this, including this guy at this JUCO, I don't care how many games you win or lose. That is inconsequential. Your players, ultimately, even if they tell you how much they respect you, when you coach that way, they don't respect you as much as they could or would. Period. They don't. It doesn't mean they don't like like you. I had coaches who were that way, and I like them very much. I don't really hold it against them. But I didn't necessarily respect them as much as I could have. Because of this, 
This is one man's opinion. You're free to disagree, and I, I don't mind that. I always believe in my gut that it's a cover-up. Listen to me. The excessive volume and vulgarity, profanity, um, and degrading language and berating of players, it is a cover-up for a lot of coaches who don't know what else to say. Who don't really have a great way to communicate to you what you should be doing. It's a cover-up. When you don't really know how to coach this or the way you want to communicate it, those coaches are just merely exercising their authority and trying to prove it with volume and vulgarity. It's a cover-up for not knowing what you're talking about about half the time or not having confidence that you can get things done by just looking at a guy in the eye and communicating it. So, again, I, coaches who coach that way, I don't necessarily hold it against them. I don't like dislike them because of it. But as a player, I just have to look through it. Why put your players in a position where they've got to look past stuff? If you could model yourself after somebody, read the Tony Dungy tweet, model yourself after him, after Chuck Knoll, after Bill Walsh, after Tom Landry, after Joe Gibbs. All that other stuff, I just don't have respect for it. And the players don't either. I don't care what they say to your face, coach, but they don't respect it either. That's just a fact. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but if it does, keep that in mind. Hour two coming up here on the show. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.